on a Friday in the new digs. We are trying out a new platform uh, this week. As you'll see, it is uh, everything looks a bit different. And uh, here's to hoping everything goes off without a hitch. Um, pardon any uh, technical difficulties that may pop up <laughs> along the way. Um, so we um this week i want to uh bring to the table a conversation um kind of centered around some of the the craziness and and things going on in the world because there's so many whether whether it's mainstream christianity stuff like you know we've we've for those of you that are are um current event minded you may know what's going on with um the the SBC or just the regular old nonsense that the world has to offer it doesn't even need to be christian flavored and <clears throat> i i saw a quote this past week that from a from a guy that um <laughs> he'll he'll I never know. Obviously he's, he's, he's been, he's been passed, but he, he, he is, he has discipled me from afar in, in a lot of regards. Um, and it's Dallas Willard. I've quoted him before. I've mentioned this before that he's a guy that, um, I'm not usually one for really being into authors or anybody who's um, got a take for themselves, sort of thing. Um, but but he's a guy that I really enjoy reading, and I think he brings a humanity to the idea of kingdom that is really beneficial for believers to be able to experience. And so I want to um, read off a quote and then, and, and we're going to, we're going to talk about it. The world can no longer be left to mere diplomats, politicians, and business leaders. They have done the best they could, no doubt, but this is an age for spiritual heroes, a time for men and women to be heroic in their faith and in spiritual character and power. The greatest danger to the Christian church today is that of pitching its message too low. So I, for those of you that don't, that don't follow me on Twitter, there's like five of you that follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm guessing most of you have no idea that I'm on Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, I, there's there's a lot of discourse that goes on in a lot of different arenas about di different modes of thinking or different political stances or different affiliations or different things like that. And the thing that I'm noticing over and over and over again is that each one of those things seems to you be lacking in some way, shape, or form. You know, it, we, we, we look at these politicians, whether it's left, right, or center, doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm not talking about anyone in particular. Or if we're talking about even mainstream 
theological figures, there always is some kind of lacking. And so this caught my eye, especially in terms of the um, season that we're in, right? We just started Lent. And I know a lot of people have a lot of different feelings and thoughts and things like that about Lent. If you're, if you're like, if, if you have the same kind of mindset as the part of the world where I grew up, people have a way of thinking that it is mainly uh, like a Catholic thing. Like that's just something for the Catholics to do. Um, but my, my, I'm not, I'm not so sure. And maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is, um, part of that, part of that thing in me that other people call out, uh, and, and when they say things like, man, it's only a matter of time before you start identifying as a non-Roman Catholic. So who knows? Maybe, th maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a matter of time. Who knows? Um, but the thing, the thing about Lent that catches my eye is that it's really about, it's really about very specific set things. And this is all going to kind of come together into, into one topic here. I'm going to rattle this off. What's the meaning of Lent? One, rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ. And that comes from 1 Peter 4.13. Two, lose your life to find it. And that comes from Matthew 10.39. Three, take up your cross and follow Jesus. That comes from Matthew 16. 24 through 26. We hear a lot about, oh, I'm going to give up chocolate. I'm going to give up soda. I'm going to give up social media. I'm going to give up this, that, or the other thing for Lent, right? Okay. My thing is, is if don't, if you're going to give something up, you got to be willing to rejoice, lose, take, and follow. And in the midst of a crazy world that only is getting crazier in the midst of a world that is all over the place, especially in a time where we are in the lead up, we are on the road, if you will, to celebrating the, the triumph over death. What does it mean to be a spiritual hero? To be somebody who stands strong in their faith and does what is necessary to die to themselves, to live in Christ. I'll let you go ahead and take it in. <clears throat> I think this is... um for me, something that, I don't know, I guess is near and dear to my heart because these are the conversations that I have all the time with people um, that if anyone wants to come and be a disciple of Christ, Jesus said they must first deny themselves, pick up their cross 
and follow him. That the nature of being follower of Christ is what you just described. And, you know, I, I, I'm not, I've never been a one to uh, uh, really dive into Lent. Like you said, I, I primary thought it was a Catholic thing. So I never really, you know, paid too much attention to it. I'm, you know, I never disrespected it or talked bad about it because I really know too much about it. Um, but those things that you talked about, you know, as a part of that, that's the Christian walk. That's, you know, and when you say being a hero, spiritual heroes, I know that can that can get weird for some people because, it's, you yeah. know, it can sound like you're being prideful and you're trying to be super righteous or, you know, holier than thou. But I think in the sense of laying down your life, that is where I see the heroic behavior where you're going out of your way to deny yourself so that others might know Christ. You're making sacrifices, as Paul said, pouring himself out as a drink offering on behalf of others' faith. You know, that, I mean, we were reading Romans where Paul said, uh, I would be, you know, I would that I'd be accursed that my brethren in Israel might be saved. Like, wait a minute, Paul, you can't give up your salvation <laughs> to give other, but he desired that so desperately to see others be saved. Um, and in that sense, I see that the bar, as you said, uh, quoting from uh, Dallas uh, Willard, is lower. We've we've lowered the message to easy believism. You know, just come on in and, you know, Jesus will make it better kind of, you know, Christianity instead of a Christianity that says, you know, to live for Christ means to die to this world and then be a part of the team the 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 unit that goes out to save others you know uh, jude says that we some we're going to have to snatch from the fire others we're going to have to redeem with love but there's a mission that we're on and in this mission um you're going to take hits and you're going to have to stand strong um you're going to have to um, make sacrifices not just for yourself, but for others to get to see Jesus. The Bible says that we're to let our light shine right before men that they may see our good works and glorify our father. They're not seeing our good works so they can glorify us. So again, that's us sacrificing so that they can know God. And uh, that that is in, in some shape or form heroic uh, because it takes courage to live for Jesus, it doesn't take any courage to uh, pro profess Jesus so that you can get what you want out of this world. It takes courage to live for Jesus and deny this world, <laughs> deny the things that, you know, this world offers you and say, I'm going to live for him. And so I, I uh, this is, this is a crazy world. And like you said, if you chase headlines, there's a lot going on. I was looking at the uh, Asbury revival. Uh, I don't know if you've been following that, um, but now because it's gone on so long and you knew this was going to happen, 
you know, people start looking at, okay, so what kooky the- uh, theology is happening down there? Who's going down there, you know, doing this and doing that? And, oh, it's fake. And, oh, it's a it's a media stunt. And it's like, what? <laughs> why can't this just be what it is? And then why do people have to go and now hijack what's going on for their YouTube channel, for, for their social media platform? Oh, we're going to go down there. So that we can say we're at the revival and we're doing ministry and we're doing work and we're doing this. It's it is a crazy world, a crazy, crazy world, man. (laughs) Yeah, there's I I sometimes struggle with finding the fine line between being aware of the world that we live in and aware of the things going on. And being just another person that's jumping in to provide their two cents. Because everybody's got to take. People who have not been anywhere near what's going on there, they've got to take. They've got, they've got this hot stance and all of this kind of stuff. And they write blogs and they make YouTube videos and all of this kind of stuff. And it's just another Christian throwing their two cents into all of this but if you notice a lot of those are slanted to hey read my thing visit my website visit my youtube channel all of that kind of stuff and you know i i partner with men that their digital street corner their audience is one that's political or is one that is more tied into current events and things like that. And so it was a struggle for me to take them seriously, to take their ministry seriously. If I'm just, if I'm just being honest and these, these guys know this, I'm not, I'm not airing dirty laundry on the air or anything like that. They know that I have struggled with this idea that what don't, what it's a waste of time. It, aha. An answer. A question has been answered. I was wondering if I'd be able to see what you guys had to say uh let's see here somebody it looks like a bot to me <laughs> oh never mind never mind yeah. anyway right, uh, um <laughs> right <laughs> so but i do know that now i can I, I know that i can see uh the chat that come the that comes through um anyway uh <clears throat> you know my my thought process was that why why uh why waste your time you know what I mean? Why waste your time getting involved in in the nonsense and all of that kind of stuff? Why waste your time? Um, just just focus on Jesus. Just keep focusing on Jesus. And I understand that for some, they need to go into those worlds in order to be able to communicate and be able to share and all of that kind of stuff. Um and, and, and so I don't want to, what, what I don't want to do is paint every single person with the exact same brush because that, that I think is, is a step in the wrong direction. But when we make all of these things about something other than then Jesus, when we make our walk about something other than Jesus, mm. when we focus on something outside of him, we are 
wasting time. Just because you're talking about something doesn't mean that you're taking the focus off of Jesus because your intentionality matters. Your motivations matter. Your orientation matters. And that's, that's the fine line that you have to be able to walk if you're going to communicate the gospel in a, a multimedia world, in, in this world of Facebook pages and Facebook groups and social media profiles and YouTube accounts and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, to me, I can't help but see the fact that whether it's talking about this, that, or the other thing, our call remains the same as believers. And yeah, specific display comes during times like this, you know, the lead up to Christmas, the lead up to Easter, where we're emphasizing certain things. But I'm drawn to first Peter where he lays this out in what seems like almost rudimentary terms, but like, this is the foundational stuff that does not change regardless of if it's spring, summer, fall or winter. Right. You know what I mean? And so I'm going to jump over to um, scripture for a second and, and read out of, First Peter, um, I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. Um, go, come in peace, whatever version you're reading. You're reading from. I, I don't. That that's irrelevant. Um, uh, mo mostly, there are some bad translations out there, but you know. Um, so I'm in First uh, Peter chapter one, and I'm going to start at verse uh, thirteen. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that, of a lamb without blemish or spot. He has foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who thought who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, 
but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. We live in a world that even as Christians is ready, willing, and able to distract us with all manner of nonsense. And the thing that I want to emphasize and hone in on is it's easy to say that the world, the unbelieving aspects of the world, the unbelieving contingent of this world is wild and out. That's easy. That's, that's the low hanging fruit. Yeah. That's wild. and out. they're not playing by the same playbook guys. They're just not. Um, but oh, hopefully we're still, I just got a little notification that says apparent that that says our stream is having connectivity issues. Uh, but that went away. So hopefully we're still good. All right. Um, <laughs> if you're watching, Sound off wherever you're at. Let us know. Um, but the 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 while and out stuff doesn't stop just because you're a Christian. I watch every single day in in Facebook groups, in YouTube comment sections, in churches. Doesn't have to be multimedia. Where these these dialogues happen and i'm using that word in an attempt to be very generous <laughs> that that make minor notes or yeah minor notes major notes and and you know I, I, and honestly guys i'm not i'm not free from this i'm not the i'm not the the i'm not somebody that can can say just because you know i'm footloose and friend, fancy free as i've as i've talked about that i've never fallen prey to this you know i look at all of that nonsense that's going on on twitter and i would have been right there with all of the uh, all of the people speaking out against that concept and for those of you that don't know it's basically centered uh, centered around um the 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 disemvowing of some churches or there's a word for it i don't know what i can't remember what it is um but ba basically centered around um women in leadership in the church general general strokes i grew up in an area i grew up in a in a context that had a really big problem with women in leadership and so you don't realize what Kool-Aid you drink along the way, what things get, get brought in by osmosis until you start to separate yourself from that. And that's the thing, right? Since when is it a bad thing to say, look, I used to think like this, but then I realized that regardless, regardless of where you land, on this hot take or that hot take guys you're not going to hear me targeting one specific thing because it doesn't matter what the hot take or the subject matter is do we come under the same uh, the 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 same cross yes okay so 
these other things, they're minor notes. These other things, like regardless of where you stand on women in leadership or whatever, it it's a minor note. It's a secondary theology point. And so my my point in bringing up all of that is are we dying to ourselves to live for Christ? And if we are doing that and we are, I'm going to use this word, heroically saying, I am second. I am the B player in this story. God is the A player in this story. If that is the orientation of my life, then what? Does that inform about how I conduct myself, how I consider people, how I consider situations, and all of those kinds of things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you say, I'm living for Christ, <laughs> heroically, <laughs> what, what I hear is, what are you willing to sacrifice? to be obedient to Christ. Um, there are conversations that are had around the water cooler for Christians all the time. Like you said, we don't have to talk about the world, the, but in, in Christianity, in Christendom, there is this idea that, yeah, well, how do I know that what I want to do with my life is not what God wants me to do with my life. And when you direct them to scripture, they view scripture as a separate deal that my life is about me and about what I want to do. And God is supposed to be supporting that. He's supposed to be blessing that. He's supposed to be opening doors for that. He's supposed to be making a way for that. Not I'm supposed to be living for him and him guiding me to accomplish his will and his purpose. As a matter of fact, for some people, that's like, well, wait a minute. So you're saying it's all about God's purpose? What about mine? And it's almost like, well, wait a minute. You have no idea what it means to be, as Peter said, born again, <laughs> right? Not of corruptible seed, but of this incorruptible seed, this new seed that the, you, you, your first born, <laughs> the first time you were born was corruptible seed. It was human seed. And lately I've been on, you know, what's the source? What's the source? What's the source of my love? What's the source of my anger what's the source of my celebration where is the inspiration coming from that produces these emotions and actions that i have and when we're talking about living for christ he has to become the inspiration for these things and how can he inspire something that was not his life, was not his mission, was not his character.
So he's going to inspire you to do something that he was actually against. He's going to inspire you to live in a way that he said, well, we don't worry about that kind of stuff. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all of these things will be added. Take no thought for tomorrow, for today has enough troubles of its own. But I'm living like seek all these things, these worldly things. I'm going after all these things and I'm planning this big future and all these kind of things. I'm like, wait a minute. And you're saying Jesus inspired that? Well, how come that contradicts his words? He says, don't worry about your life. That's all we ever do is worry about our life. <laughs> that's, that's all we ever do is uh look to figure out how am I going to get out of life what I want. And we're praying daily, Lord, provide what I need, provide what I want, open doors for this, open doors for that. We're not praying open doors for your gospel. <laughs> we're not praying open doors uh, for one person to hear something that causes them to turn to you. That's interesting because like you said, I think when you break that down, that is heroic. That is heroic in the sense that you are going out on the limb for something other than yourself. <laughs> right. That right. That right there. And so when we step on here, I know people are thinking, oh, man, you know, you guys' channel is doing so good. And, oh, man, you're climbing up the charts and the ratings. And neither one of us is really thinking that. We're thinking, is anybody getting this? Right. Is anybody turning to Christ? Is anybody growing? Is anybody being helped to see Jesus in a better way? And, 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 and is there anybody um, that's inspired to lay down their life to follow ministry? So right. I, like, like you're saying, it's like in this crazy world, it's not just the world outside of the church, but even the church you're navigating that world as well yeah yeah and that's i i a couple of weeks ago my wife turned to me and asked me does it ever get does it ever get tiresome to feel like you're always on the defensive from your own people there we go <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, 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 it does. It does get tiresome to feel like to feel like you can you're always on the defensive because that's that's the other aspect of it that needs to be talked about, that needs to be discussed because it's it is hard when there are still so many flavors of this that are centered and oriented in the world and and that's that's the thing that i i i want to challenge people on on really reconciling that what is what is your motivation and orientation what is why why do you are you you know i was i was in um group with with Ant and and his church um I think it was this week it might have been this week or last week um and we were talking we were talking about the about the 
the the tragedies of the world and and reconciling when tragedy when tragedies happen and and being focused on 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 your life and all of that kind of stuff and i brought something up about see, about seeing seeing the forest through the trees of realizing that it's it's not not getting hung up when the tragedies happen here because they're always going to happen here the perishable things are always going to perish doesn't mean that we ignore the tragedies that happen or anything like that but if we if we realize that the kingdom of god matters here and now that changes everything mm. <laughs> that that gives an entirely different perspective and orientation to what it means to truly live in mm. this life yeah epics in the chat hey good morning epic <laughs> good morning epic uh in all things christ be glorified amen and i want to i want to jump back over for a second back over to back over to first peter and i'm going to continue on with where with where i left off i ended at the at the end of uh of chapter one i'm going to pick back up at the beginning of chapter two so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the lord is good as you come to him a living stone rejected by man but in the sight of god chosen and precious you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. Honor is for you. Yes, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when... They speak against you as evildoers. You may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So I got to take a step, take a step back. And, and I blame you for this. Um, I mean that in the best possible way. Uh, <laughs> right. I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have taken this beat 
to say to say this previously, but but we got to make sure that we that 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 we honor the text, right? Um, that we generally, if you think of the if you think of the New Testament in in broad strokes, two of the main names that come up uh, that come up in the New Testament are Peter and Paul. Peter generally spoke to spoke to the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Paul generally to the Gentiles. And so we have to be aware that you can tell in some of the words like like uh, ver- verse 12, keep your conduct among the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. That would infer that he is speaking to the Jewish people. But take a look at what Paul is saying. Take a look at what Peter is saying. There's there's layers to this that you can that that. Yes, this is this is a call to the Jewish people to act in accordance to the ways of Jesus. You, you can also peel back that onion layer and say, yes, time and place matters, but also there are core fundamentals that can be taken from this and, and are applicable. So, so yeah, the, the honoring the text and realizing when it was written and who it was written for and all of that kind of stuff that that all matters because if we do that if we put all of that in its proper context and realize the who's and the where's and the what's of it all then you can start at genesis go to revelation and realize that this is all one continuous narrative that ultimately leads to jesus not to steal the bible project's gimmick <laughs> so you look at something like that and you 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 can come to understand that we we are called to the ways of Jesus. We were given a way, not just through a prayer, not just through a moment, not just through this specific thing that ultimately, you know, is 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 more like fire fire insurance than anything else, but a wholesale way of life and that's the thing right this past week and his uh his is his internet crapped out (laughs) and i had a chance to sit and just just hang out with a dude that i've I've never met face to face and and lord willing one day i will but he is a man that blesses my soul because he's real. He is he is a guy that has been there, done that, seen the things, and has stepped out of that with this holy discontentment to what to step out and say, I must preach the gospel. And Willie and I were were sitting there, we're talking, and we've we we come to this point of this is not we, we we step out and we do these things we step out and we speak these things even the things that are impo- uh, unpopular to our own people right because you realize guys like aunt and i we're not the guys that are going to draw a crowd of millions <laughs> because the things that we're speaking aren't founded in the things of this world they're founded in scripture and scripture is controversial. It is controversial to everybody. And when 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 you when you take a step back and realize 
where you've been, what you've been taken out of, what you've been pulled away from, what you've been snatched away from, by the grace and mercy of God, then yeah, it becomes about letting other people know that there is a better way, that there is something more. And moreover, that this is something that is lived in every single solitary day. But you cannot have a cup filled with two different things. I can't <laughs> fill this cup up to the brim with coffee and with water. That's not how physics works. So I have to dump the water out in order to put the coffee in. Just like I have to dump myself out in order to live for God. Mm. And I've gotten to this point in my life of, I don't, I'm not trying to be pious and say, oh, I don't, I don't listen to, I don't listen to Christian people because I'd rather read the Bible. Oh, that sounds pretentious as I'll get down. I know how I sound. I'll be the first one to admit I know how, I know how I sound when I say that. <laughs> but it's not about pretension. It's about being honest about the fact that I don't want the moving goalpost of me. I want the firm foundation of Christ. And before you take it away, Epic's back in the, back in the chat. Amen and amen. Preaching Christ alone is not popular. It is not. It will not win you a popularity contest. That is for sure. <laughs> right. You know, I, I think about, you know, like what, what you're saying and <clears throat> back to your favorite book, Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange of his soul? For the son of for the for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his work. Assuredly I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. Jesus lays down the gauntlet and he says, look, if you're actually going to follow me, as you said, you're going to have to pour everything out of your cup so I can pour myself in. Mm -hmm. This is a life that you're going to have to be willing to give up. Now, most people, when they hear that, they say, sure, I'm giving it up so I can get the life that I want. Not I'm giving it up so that I could follow Jesus. It's almost like we do like a magic trick. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going to give up this life so I can get a better life. And even with that statement, it's almost like we have to be careful when we say, well, if you want a better life, follow Jesus. Because in a person's mind, they're registering that, oh, so if I follow Jesus, that job that I didn't get, I'll get. If I follow Jesus, that marriage that fails, oh, this one will work. 
if I follow Jesus. And although those things aren't horrible, they aren't sinful in themselves, that's not what he's talking about at all. He's right. talking about that when you lose sight of yourself, lose sight of your wants, your desires, your dreams. And for somebody listening right now, this is an, it's, this is an ouch moment. Like, so I've got to lose my dreams, I got to give up my dreams, my vision for my life, what I want to do with my life to follow Jesus. Yeah, because you know what that is? That's admitting that outside of Christ, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I was a sinner. I was living the wrong way. I was living not for God, but for myself and living for myself as wonderful as that sounds from a human perspective is actually going to cause me to be in opposition to God because the carnal mind is enmity against God and cannot be subject to God, will not be subject to God. But the spiritual mind is life and peace. Why? Because it's subject to God. God guides you, directs you. And this is a hard concept. And so when you talk about being heroic, you know, that's being heroic because what you're doing is you're living in a way that is sacrificing me for the greater cause, which is the kingdom of God. And I want to say this because I see there's a comment popping up. Um, the kingdom of God is Christ ruling and reigning in your life. Is he the final say on what you do, how you do it? Is he governing is he directing? Uh, we were looking at the word long-suffering. And the word long-suffering literally means to hold off your anger, to learn how to not retaliate, and to only be angry as the Lord directs. Now, that blew my mind. To only be angry as the Lord directs. So he's going to tell you what to be angry about. See, that's walking in the kingdom of God because because you're walking under his lordship he's the one calling the shots and so that to me is heroic because you're living your life for a greater cause and that cause is Christ and his kingdom right and you know when we when we understand that as humans, you know, we like to think that we can we can compartmentalize better than we actually can in the large in in the large scale. You know, I, I myself can point to the fact that like my my ability to compartmentalize is in in the day to day stuff is absurd in a lot of ways it is the the restaurant business broke my brain as far as my ability to be able to uh multitask and all of that kind of stuff but if my focus is building a platform i can't focus on building a platform and on god and i can't focus on building a business and on God. Now that's, that's controversial. That's, 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 
dicey waters for a lot <laughs> for a lot of people because you you can't go more than five minutes on social media without seeing somebody talking about you know kingdom businesses and all of that kind of nonsense. Um, the reality is is that I don't I have no idea, no clue how big or how far reaching the the kingdom on the road platform will ever be or the buddy right. walk with jesus platform will ever be or anything like that because i and and i don't i don't care right <laughs> i i care that i care that people are hearing the word that's what i care about and i care that people are hearing something different than what a lot of people hearing that thing that a lot of people are lacking and that's authenticity and that's relationship epics in the chat people tend to view it as a business transa transaction like investing in stocks in order to get worldly increase wow <laughs> yeah yeah and and that's and and the realities of that are are staggering because you you we we parade people up <laughs> oh i'm gonna offend somebody and i apologize ahead of time whoever i'm gonna offend we parade people up like a dog and pony show in front of the in front of the church for these altar calls and these big ceremonies and all of that kind of stuff how many people are being taught christ is lord how many people are being taught relationship with God, honestly? And I, I don't mean to say that one, one, this, the, like, I'm not, I'm not, again, I don't care about calling a specific group of people out. That is so right. not my point, but I'm going to, and, and I'll take there, I'll, I'll take what Ann said and I'll, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrestle with it a little bit for you guys. Cause I know some of you guys have approached me and have wrestled with this. So I'll wrestle with it on behalf of you. There is a point in time where I would have been like, what are you, what kind of nonsense are you talking about, about God's authority and reigning and, and all of that kind of stuff. The kingdom is about relationship. The kingdom yeah. is, is about all of that. Okay. All right. Track with me here because I'm going someplace. Folks that are married. There are certain things that you do and don't do, right? Well, I don't do this habit because I know my wife doesn't like it. I don't do this thing because I know my husband doesn't like it. I don't do this thing because it's bad for my marriage. I do this thing because it's bad for or because it's good for my marriage. Right? Well, all reasonable things. You wouldn't think anything is off or askew by, th by thinking that way. But you're allowing the authority of marriage the like that that covenant relationship and its weight and its and it, and its gravitas to dictate what you're doing all for the betterment of ultimately that relationship i'm just I, I, you know what i mean like that's yeah. you you when when you understand that it's not an either or sort of situation when you hear about when you hear terms like authority and you hear terms like relationship 
that it's not an either or sort of situation, that it's a yes and sort of situation, that shines a brand new light on everything. That that changes how you view all of it because at the end of the day, if your goal, if your orientation, if what you're striving after is that relationship with God, active, being being show, showing honor to God and, mm. and engaging in that relationship and, and those things. And doing your part as, as a response to the inheritance that we are promised in God and we take that seriously, then, yeah, you're... You're living that relationship with God here and now. And wherever you land politically, wherever you land sociologically, wherever you land on all of these things, and you take you you, you realize that that ultimately, whether you agree or disagree, you 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 are you are engaging with God first and by, and as a byproduct of that, doing the things that we are called to do before you engage with what you think, what your stance is, what your uh, affiliation is or whatever. Just like you do all of these things first before figuring out where to live figuring out what to do with your life, figuring out all of those things. Yeah. I, I want to circle back to something that, you know, uh, we have both brought up, but you kind of doubled down on it. This whole idea of, like you said, kingdom business and, you know, kingdom, this and kingdom that I think the most difficult part about that is what, is the goal as you said is the goal to preach christ is the goal to lift up jesus or is the goal to build my platform to build my business and then if my business does well i'll give honor to god right yeah if my business blows up i'll say it was god if my platform grows large, I'll say, man, God, you know, God really blessed this instead of no, the platform that I'm building is so that he can be lifted up. It's not even about me. The business uh, that I have is so that I can promote the things of God, not so that I can be, you know, because at the end of the day, like you said, lordship is about who's calling the shots because Let's say, you know, a person says, well, you know, this is God's business. Okay. So does he dictate what products <laughs> you put out <clears throat> or do your customers? Because right. that'll tell you whose business it is. <laughs> that'll tell you who's in charge. Is it, is it the customers or is it Christ? And churches, all right, this about, I'm about to get in trouble too. So they're going to they're gonna line us both up and shoot us in the backyard 
churches are doing the same thing. Nope. Are you appealing to your customers or are you lifting up Christ? Because sometimes appealing to your customers gets the customers coming back, but they never get to know Christ because we're not lifting up Christ. We're giving them what they want, but we're not giving them what he wants, you know? And I think that battle here, you know, you, you got to be heroic. You got to take courage to say, nope, I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm not going to change my content to be more friendly to the wider masses. They're either going to want Jesus. They're either going to want the word. They're either going to be drawn by the Holy Spirit to be saved and equipped and matured, or they're going to look for something that's more appetizing, something that uh, appeals to them. When you look at, and, and I know you're you're familiar with marketing, when you look at YouTube and algorithms and all that kind of stuff, they're suggesting to people things that they've seen people digest already. And so <laughs> this is why, yeah, I mean, never have a million views or viewers because the content a lot of times is causing people to have to go back and re-examine what they thought they knew. And unless they really want to be rooted and grounded in Christ, they're not going to want to do that. They're going to say, well, this is the way I learned it. So this is the way I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to look for people who are perpetuating the things that, you know, I've already agree with. I'm not right. going to go and listen to somebody who's like, wait, whoa, wait a minute. You're questioning the stuff that I already believe. I'm not listening to that guy's swipe past or move on past, keep on rolling, you know, but we're praying that the Holy spirit is at work and he's going to touch the individuals who are in a place where God is working authentically in them to bring them salvation or to equip them for ministry, to encourage them in, in their journey of seeking after Christ. That's what our content is for, whether it is, um, a stream, the podcast episode, audio, a book, a t-shirt. I don't care what it is. It could be a coffee mug. It's supposed right. to be lifting up Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. right. And that's, that's an honest question that you have to ask is who, who, what, who is being lifted up by whatever your actions are, whatever it is that you're investing your time in. Who is ultimately being lifted up? And yeah, there is a measure of to the carnal mind that is almost depressing <laughs> because you have to sacrifice, because you have to give, because you can't just give up and, or you, because you can't just keep going in the same way have it God flavored and have it be meaningful. We have seen over and over and over and over again, people that do exactly that. And that's, that's one of the things that you have to be hyper aware of when, when you're following somebody rather than engaging with God or thinking that you're engaging with God by listening to somebody, you know, 
because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, to really live, to fully live, to be fully, to, to be fully aware of what it means to be alive and, 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 and understand this world requires relationship with God. We see through a veil of haze without God. That's it. And that, that means that we need to reconcile some things about ourselves. We need to be authentic about where we're at, about what we're doing, be not uh, be unafraid to struggle out loud. And all of those things. Because at the end of the day, it's that process that draws us closer to God, uh, closer to God. And it's, it's that process as we, as we die to ourselves, as we engage with God, that brings us oneness with God. And I don't mean, I, I don't mean becoming Christ-like. I mean oneness with God. And for people that are theologically minded, that's spicy because people debate whether or not that that's a thing. But, but read, read from, from Genesis to Revelation, the promises that are given to us. This is, we, we are literally indwelt with Holy Spirit. We are literally, we, we, we are, we are new creations. That's why it's referred to as being born again. We're not born again of flesh, but we have a whole new mind. We have a whole new uh, set, set orientation for our lives. And understanding that means that this is a whole new life. This is a whole new track. This is all of it. And you know, yet, I like, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I like to steal Brother Matthew's. Um, his wording that there's a new inclination you know there's a there's a new gut instinct and now we've got to decide do we follow the old instinct or the new one because at first it was just sin right you just fulfill the desires of your flesh and of your mind whatever felt good to you that's what it was all about now there's a new instinct and that instinct is to please god to do his will to do what um, is right in his eyes versus what's right in my own eyes, you know? And so I, I think you're on a, a amazing track because this is the conversation that people struggle with. And you know what this goes back to? This ends up circling us back to God's will because so often people are struggling to say, well, what is God's will for my life? And that right there now as I've looked at it for many years to ask what is God's will for my life is not a proper question, even though that's the question that we want an answer to. The question should be, what is God's will? Not what is God's will for my life? I just need to know what his will is and line my life up with that. 
Right. And see, that's a different <laughs> that's a different way of thinking because I've been taught what is the purpose of my life? What is the you know what do you have a vision for your life? Do you have a a, a, a one year, a three year, a five year, a ten year plan for your life? Because it's all about tracking out your life, setting this thing up for your successes. Whereas when we talk about God, we've got to understand that our ideas of living are totally and sometimes diametrically opposed to what God sees as true life. What we believe to be life. You know, I was reading this the other day and I'm, let me let me read it so I don't mess it up. Um, in Luke, I think it's Luke 11. Was it Luke 11? Man, where was that at? I was just reading that. Yeah, Luke 12. Um, and this is just 13. I'll just start reading at 13. He says, then from, uh, from the crowd, uh, uh, then one from the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. <laughs> but he said to him, man, who made me judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and be aware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things, the things that he possesses. I'm just going to stop there. One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Do you know that that's all that life is to most people? Is the abundance of things they possess? Jesus says one's life does not consist. Of the abundance of the things that he possesses and he goes on to tell the parable of the man that built all these barns and so he built a barn look at what he's got and says man i got a lot but i think i can have more he builds a bigger barn then a bigger barn then finally it's time for him to die and the angel says well what are you gonna do with all your stuff well i don't know <laughs> and so he says don't lay up treasures on earth with the moths and the thieves are going to break in and steal it, but lay up your treasures in heaven. In other words, this, this thinking right here, and, and that parable doesn't seem like a big deal until you put it into actual application of your life. If your life is about the things that you gain in this world, you're actually in opposition to the way Jesus thinks. Your thought process is different than his thought process. His thought process is that that's not life. Most Americans, our pro our thought process is the abundance of things. The cars, the house, the toys, the big screen TV, all the little doodads and gimmicks and things, you know, gadgets, sorry, that we have. That's what life is all about. To take your efforts and your energy and put it into preaching the gospel, taking your money, putting it into investing in the, into things that will lift up the name of Jesus, that will give people the opportunity to know Christ. It's like, wait a minute. We need to put our money into the things because we need to show. Do, do you have anything to show for all the hours that you've worked? Do you have anything? to? That's the way we think. And so right. to say that living for Christ 
is opposed to living for this world is absolutely correct because at the end of the day, these are opposing ideas. You can't serve two masters. You're going to love one. You're going to hate the, hate the other. You can't serve God and mammon at the same time. And this is hard for people to grasp because they look at the world around them and they say, well, so I can't have none of this. <laughs> I, I don't get to enjoy any of this. Doesn't God want me to enjoy this? And the answer is, it's not even about that. It's about you using the things that you have to live this new life. Now, if you're going to live your old life, then enjoy it. This be your heaven. Enjoy it. This is all you're ever going to get. But if you're living for Christ, then you got to know that, oh, this pales in comparison to what he has prepared for you. See, here's the thing. There are a lot of people who preach a similar message to me that have no idea what it means to have the success, to have the money, to have the things. At one point in time, I, I had the largest marketing agency in the Midwest. I like nobody was touching me. And then I woke up one day and half my face didn't work. And that led through the series of events of me being very sick. And, and that, that through, through a series of events ended up leading me to the cross. Okay, before anybody gets ahead of me, don't hear what I'm saying. God didn't well, strike me pretty. down <laughs> with some guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, I, I'm not. I, God did not strike me down for my this, that, or the other. Nothing, nothing wild like that. Nothing. But I certainly know what it means to have the success. I certainly know what it means to have the money. It's hollow. I vibe with something like that because you really do get to this point of what's it for? If you're willing to ask those questions, if you're just, if you're just, just doing your thing and you're, you're, you're blind to the bigger picture and all of that kind of stuff, then sure you can see, you, you can, you can see value in, in all of that kind of stuff. But I, I like, like I've, I've said before, and I've said in other, in, in other groups and all of that kind of stuff. One of the best things that, that God has has given me even before I knew that I that that it was a gift from God is this mind that's prone to asking the question of why 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 that why why am I like this why do I act like this why am I why do I feel this way why why and I realized that you can keep pushing success you can keep pushing that envelope and all of those kinds of things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's 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 that th there's more money is not going to mean more happiness. But the reality is, is that as as people enter into Christendom, there's a this kind of orientation of treating it in that same way as people enter into these business relationships and stuff like that. And 
the the thing that breaks my heart is that more people aren't willing to ask those questions of why because it's those questions that ultimately lead to an immersive relationship with God. And the only thing that you can actually put your, your stock into, your, your, your trust into, that's not going to move. That's not going to change. Like, we keep, we keep stepping up to the plate with these moralistic ideas of let's go out and change the world. Let me ask a question. When did God ever call us to go out and change the world? <laughs> when was that ever the marching order? And when we ask that, you got to be prepared to answer that question because if you answer that question, you realize that suddenly the moralism of it all, the political stance of it all, the, 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 the Twitter blurb of it all, <laughs> that, that suddenly matters a whole lot less because we weren't our, we're, our goal. We're not going to change this world. This world has been claimed guys. This world has been claimed. The Bible's clear about that. But we push back against the darkness. That's different than changing the world. Letting people know that there is a better way is different than let our moral stance and our righteous victories lead the way. So let me let me ask you this, senior saint. If somebody steps to you and asks you, okay, I thought this life was about God blessing my endeavors. Mm. I thought this life was about me being morally oriented because of the teachings of Christ. How do I reorient and pivot? and all of that. And I'm going to step away for a second and let you roll with that question. Yeah, I, I think it's a great question because at the end of the day, <clears throat> that is the struggle. And, and, and I think Joe was able to articulate it very well that we were, we were never saved to make the world better. Even when we say, um there's a better way to live i think we're giving people the wrong impression we need to be telling people that there's another way to live and another way to live is to live a life that you were originally intended to live and that original intention is to be in right relationship with god that your life is orientated to God's mission. When you go all the way back to the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, what did he put man here to do? To tend to his garden, to populate the earth, to produce more individuals that knew God and lived for him. Sin comes into the world, 
corrupts that plan and man begins to live for himself man begins to pursue kingdoms for himself man begins to pursue riches for himself jesus comes gives man the opportunity to once again be reconciled to the father through him and to now live for him to live the way they were intended this is why this is so difficult when a person comes to me and says well i thought giving my life to christ was so that i could have a better life right now a better marriage a better job a better career a better this a better that well this is something that i've wrestled with for years because it's almost like you'll say it to them and then their brain just won't accept <laughs> won't accept that so it's not about me being a better person no it's about you following christ it's about you coming to know god and his ultimate purpose because this life is a blip on eternity it's a smudge on the line it's not even uh, discernible when you think about eternity and so whatever's happening here as much as we uh, me and somebody were having a conversation about eternity or everlasting and how we don't have anything in this world that really can help us to understand something that will never ever end because everything here seems to end no matter what yeah. it is and so we don't have a reference point for something that will never ever end that this life will end and eternity will never end so what should be more important eternity or a life that will end very soon a life that is like a vapor that is here and then gone it's like the grass it withers and it fades but the word of god is forever right as we read in peter and so he's telling us that this word this incorruptible seed of the word will never perish will never die so if you receive this and you're born of this this world now pales in comparison to what you have received and so it's not about making this life better as a matter of fact here's the scandal of it all it's about bringing you out of this life rescuing you from the desire for all of these earthly things this doesn't mean that you've got to live in a cardboard box under a bridge it just means <laughs> that your pursuit is not these things when you go to work, you're not going there to see if I can climb to the ladder and be the CEO of the company. If that happens, that's wonderful. But your focus is not that at all. Your focus is how can I rescue people from this world by preaching Christ to them? And Lord, give me opportunities, open doors, not for me to do bigger and better things materialistically, but for me to be able to preach the gospel. Paul said, uh, I think it's in Corinthians, he said that an effective door has been opened to me, but there are many adversaries. He understood that when the door to preach the gospel is open, the fight is on, not the door is open and we celebrate. Yeah, we, we just stepping through doors. We just, we're doing, yeah. It's like, no, when this door opens, there's going to be a battle because I'm going in there not for myself. 
not to make a name for myself, not to build my brand, not to enlarge my 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 territory, my platform. I'm going in there to preach Christ. Uh, you know, shameless pl plug. I wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Hand of God. And the hand of God is about seeing that God directs us to the places where he wants us if we submit to him. That the hand of God is guiding us to do his will. And so often people may start to have worldly success and get caught up in the worldly thing instead of understanding, well, I'm not here for that. I'm actually being positioned so that I can preach Christ on a greater platform, a larger stage. I have more opportunity to come into contact with people. But what happens is that we get diluted because there's this thought in the back of our mind that living for Christ is going to make my earthly temporal life better. I'm going to be a more, uh, I'm going to be a better person. I used to be a real bad person until I met Christ. I've heard people say that like, oh, you, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have wanted to meet the guy that I was before Christ. And that may be true, but that that's not the goal. The goal is to save you from the penalty of sin and the power of sin so that now you can choose to live for Christ. This is this is a struggle because you don't see the benefit for yourself. You don't see a payoff. <clears throat> so often we're looking for a payoff. So how does that produce some type of gain, some type of upward momentum? If I'm serving Christ, how does that position me to make more money? <clears throat> how does that position me to get this or get that? This is a hard concept. And to get people to understand it, it's like you got to keep them in the word. You got to keep them going back to the word and reading it again. I sat with a young lady last night and we just broke down context. I was like, let's just look at the context of some of the popular scriptures that we've quoted. And I would say, have you ever heard this? Oh, yeah. All right, let's go read it. And we go read it. And I said, now read the verses before it and read right through the verse. Keep going right through it. Don't stop on that verse. Go through it. And we start talking. About, I said, well, how did we get the idea that this was about us? I said, because we pulled it out of context and we applied it to some desire that we had. And now we celebrate it because it makes us feel good. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It's got to be one of the all-time most abused <laughs> scriptures of all time because it makes you think that no matter what I'm doing, I can do it through Christ. Not I can be content in no matter what situation I'm in through Christ. Whether my life is good or bad, I can handle that through Christ that strengthens me. Whether I'm in prison or free, that's what Paul is talking about, right? But we can say, well, you know, I can make the football team through Christ that strengthens me. <laughs> you know, I can open up this business through Christ. because our idea is that serving Christ means temporal, material things, not eternal things that have to do with a life beyond this world. This is the struggle. Can we see life beyond this world? And the only way you can do that is to keep going back to scripture. Right. And the thing that 
the thing that I go back to is that while while it can be intimidating, ultimately that's where the real beauty lies. You know, I'm one of those people that I I can I, I've said before that I'm not I'm not the man that I used to be. That I used to be a lot worse of a human being <laughs> and all of that. And that the only reason why I bring that up when I bring that up is to display the proof text of relationship with God. When you say things like that, it's not about being a more a, a, a better person or a moral person moral or person. anything like that. It's about showing the fact that humans in and of themselves do not affect long-standing change. You can you can change your messaging, you can you can change your orientation, all of those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, what's core doesn't change because it's still the carnal mind. I jokingly say I've got a pretty low view of humanity. It's because in and of themselves, humanity isn't capable of much. And, and the reality is, is that really the only reason why you see people start to become different than they were start to change real change to different desires to different orientations is through the power of god and that's that's controversial because a lot of people would say no humans humans are able to to change we're able to be better people but what you call better somebody else might not it's a moving right. goalpost right and <laughs> the, the, that's that's at that at the end of the day, regardless of whatever the whatever the stance is, somebody else calls that evil. So what do you do with that? If you think it's good and somebody else thinks it's evil, what is that person evil? Is that and and that's 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 one thing when you when you're talking about the world and all of that kind of stuff. But guys, what happens when you put that on Christians? <laughs> and if and and if you think that for a second that Christians don't do that on a daily basis. Open your eyes, look around because that happens all the time. I'm not trying to call anybody out. I'm trying to say that you can keep trying to fight the good fight. You can keep trying to um, make the world a morally better place. You can keep trying to, make it so that way Christians are legislating the world and all of this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's all noise in comparison to the kingdom. And yeah. if you are in politics, okay, here's to hoping that you're walking with Christ, uh, with Christ. If you're a janitor, here's to hoping that you're walking with Christ. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it doesn't change ever. And that's what makes it scandalous because we want to put the hierarchy 
on things. We want to make other th certain things more important than other things and all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we have very clear cut what is in front of us. So let's do that. And then whatever, whatever we do to provide for our families, whatever we do, whatever. Okay, cool. Do that. You have your marching orders, whether or not you live on the East Coast or West Coast, whether or not you live in America or Ireland, whether or not you live here, there, anywhere, do this or that. You still have your marching orders. <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, I think about this and I know we're probably going to land this plane in a second here, but Paul, his, his was tent making. Mm -hmm. Right. He knew what his focus was preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. But from time to time, he made tents yeah. to provide for himself. You know, there's a woman named Lydia who was a seller of purple. You know, but she was known as a worshiper of God. We're not saying everybody, you know, throw everything away and follow Jesus, you know, you know, walk away from this and walk away. If, if, if that's your path, then, then don't be afraid to follow that path. But we're not telling you that you're not following Jesus. <laughs> right. If you got a job, if you have a career, we're not, we're not saying that that's bad, but we're saying that the focus of your life is not the job the career you're there on an assignment from the lord to be a light in that place and here's something that we got to be careful of and it goes in both directions we can use success, worldly success as the new gospel for christ or we can use extreme denial and poverty as the new gospel. Yep. It's neither one of those. It's follow Christ, no matter what lane you're in. Paul said, no matter what state I'm in. <laughs> he uh, he even taught Timothy, he said, Timothy, tell all those who are rich in this world's goods to be generous and not to put their trust in this world's riches. He didn't say, tell them to get rid of it all. <laughs> you know, don't, don't have anything. No, he said, don't put your trust in it. Be generous. Be prepared to give because in doing that, you're laying up treasures in heaven. So we're not talking about, you know, you have to be extremely poor you know, or extremely. We're talking about living a life that no matter what state you're in, your satisfaction, your hope, your healing, your happiness is found in your relationship with Christ. And that's what governs your life because that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about your relationship with him and how it leads and directs, like you said, how we talk to one another, how we treat each other, how we treat a stranger, how we treat a family member, how we treat a brother and sister in Christ, how we treat somebody who doesn't know Christ is governed by our relationship with God, which is the kingdom of God working in our life, that Jesus Christ is Lord. People can't square the circle of his lordship 
being relationship, that that's our relationship to him is that he's Lord, that you own my life and I'm happy for it. Paul said, I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. He said, I owe everybody because of Jesus. And so I'm happy to give myself away on behalf of Jesus because I want to know him deeper. I want to know him in every aspect. I want to grab a hold of him the way he grabbed a hold of me. I'm pursuing him. And at the end of the day, that's what governs my life. Right. I want to I want to end off by um, going back to the scriptures this time in first John chapter three, um, mm -hmm. because this is this is a beautiful testament to what we're promised and what this looks like, starting at verse one. See what great love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure everyone who sins breaks the law in fact sin is lawlessness but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin no one who lives in him keeps on sinning no one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed, God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. This is the message that you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. 
and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother and sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can you love, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love the words or speech. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Look, go, go in peace if you've got a job. Go in peace if you own a business. Go in peace if, just go in peace. We're not saying that the you know if you're politically minded and you enjoy getting and you enjoy voting and getting involved in politics go in peace if you don't cool too the realities are that the kingdom of god is deeper than any of those things the kingdom of god is deeper than our denominations the kingdom of god or god is deeper than our platforms or our echo chambers and when we live out of that place there's proof text when we live out of a place in full submission to God, there is proof text on us, on our relationships, and how we interact with this world. Amen. You want to go ahead and pray us out? Yep, I'll do that. So, Father, uh, we just thank you so much for this time of getting in your word and sharing with others. And we pray for each person who... Uh, visited uh, the stream, whether for a few minutes or for the whole time. Lord, we just ask that you would continue to bless uh, the listeners, the viewers. Um, bless us, Lord, with a deeper understanding of your word. Lord, forgive us if we said anything wrong. Lord, we'll go back and correct it, um, that we're to be Bereans, testing all things and checking to make sure that uh, it is true. And Lord, I just ask that uh, you would touch the hearts of those listening that they would be drawn closer to you, no matter what their relationship is. If they're not a follower of Christ, I pray that something that we said would help them to begin that process of thinking about what would it mean to be a follower of Christ? If they are a follower of Christ, I pray that their relationship would deepen and become more intimate. If they're a minister of the gospel, I pray that we said something that would help them to articulate the gospel better. And so Lord, I just thank you for just the opportunity to use this digital platform to preach your word. God, we honor you. We bless you in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, thank you all for joining us for another edition of kingdom on the road. Um, we love you. And if there are any questions that you guys have any comments or anything like that, seriously, it's not just a catchphrase join in the conversation because this, that this whole thing, is designed to help it's designed to be able to have this this communication and conversation and all of that it's not a gotcha moment we're not going to beat you up for asking questions or anything like that um it we we thoroughly enjoy being able to address specific points that you guys have specific questions that you guys have so Remember two very important things that you are prayed for and you are loved deeply until next week. Peace y'all.